Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to this edition of Believe in Grizzlies. Today I have Terry Davis. He covers the Memphis Grizzlies for the New Tri-State Defender. Hi, Terry. How you doing today? Man, I'm doing great. How you doing today? I'm doing good. Okay, let's get into it about these Grizzlies. What are your thoughts on the Grizzlies' current situation, losing six or seven after winning 11 in a row? Uh, in my opinion, I think what they're doing, they're just trying to maintain their position, maintain a top three spot, and just get to the playoff and get to the playoff healthy. But because it seems like they turn it on when they want to turn it on. You can you can feel when they have energy and when they don't have energy in the shows, and they don't come out there and play with energy for forty eight minutes every night. What are the, the 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 what are the deficiencies in your estimation? What's going on yeah. right now? I think what they're trying to do, I think that they just, they like where they are and they just trying to not to get hurt. They're not trying to get, you know, overly, you know, they want to go to the postseason as healthy as they can be. And I don't think it's something they're not doing. I feel like they feel like they can turn it on whenever they want to turn it on. Because like, for example, in the Indiana game, you know, Taylor Jenkins played Ja and Jaron for like almost 40 minutes. Uh-huh. And then they won that game. And that's almost like a playoff-type game. Because these, these 82 regular season games are going to be totally different when you get in the playoff. And when they if they start playing 40 minutes a game, you know, in the playoff, they're not going to lose some of these games they're losing. Last night game was a disaster that yeah. the team should have won. Yeah. What do you think went wrong? For me, I think that late in the game, instead of them going back to Jaron Jackson Jr., um, when he had no one really to guard him, where yeah. he he was getting anything that he wanted, I just don't understand why sometimes it's just like he's invisible on offense, and I just don't I don't get it. Pete and Brevin talk about it all the time. People are talking about it. I just don't get it. Why sometimes they just don't use him like they should. You know, it might not be a fact that they using him like he should. Maybe he's not being the one aggressive and putting himself in that position to do that. Because in the third quarter, he dominated. He was going to the rack on a regular basis, and he wasn't asking or get looking for the ball in the fourth quarter. And Memphis got they just they they don't normally get rain out of the building in the fourth quarter, especially at home, because they have one of the best home court records in the league. And to see them lose a game like that, you know, is is kind of depressing. That's the second game they've lost at home they shouldn't have lost. That game and the Sacramento game, those two losses they shouldn't have at home. But here's the thing. It's just like when there were plenty of times where Jaron was calling for the ball and mm-hmm. they wasn't seeing him, even in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. I just don't – I don't get it. I, I, like I said, I, I don't know, you know, because a lot of these guys are not – what you call they not stat happy because mm-hmm. God was stuck on nine rebounds for a triple double for two and a half quarters and he didn't get his triple double. So, so those guys are not chasing chasing stats. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's just they didn't see him or the game plan. Well, you know, because Taylor Jenkins got this let it fly mentality, and sometimes the let it fly mentality doesn't have a focus on the inside because even with Stephen Adams and Brandon Clark points. 
most of their points are garbage points. It's not designed for them to get the ball and go in like that. Okay, so why do you think Jenkins don't make game adjustments at times? You know, I, like I'm not I'm not an NBA coach or player, and I just don't understand why he doesn't see what we see. It just seems like he just make no adjustments. But I think the adjustment he made in the Indiana game where he wanted to stop the bleeding and wanted them to, like, stop losing, where he played job 40 minutes, played Jigger in 38 minutes because he really wanted to win that game. But it just seemed like he just made no adjustments at times. You you know Memphis is one of the best third quarter teams in the in the in the, in the league. Mm -hmm. They have they're some of their best quarters in the third quarter. That's because they go in and look at film and make those adjustments, and then they start doing the thing that they won't do in the first half and doing that way. Now you just last night you just got to get Dame Dollar credit, man. He just went off, <laughs> and mm -hmm. when he went off and he got downhill, Memphis just couldn't stop him because. When Memphis built that 10-point lead, when I think it was tied at 77-77, and then Memphis pulled off 67 all then Memphis pulled off 10 straight points. I thought Memphis was going to run off with it then. But they started hitting those impossible shots, and they started hitting, you know, Anthony Simmons hit a big three, Dame hit a big three. I think they just made shots at the right time, and the Grizzlies weren't able to answer them last night. Right, but they, they kept shooting threes right. that they were missing. Right, and I just don't understand. It's just like my that's the adjustment that I was talking about. Why don't he just tell them, you know, get the best shot, not go for a three? But it's just like it seems like that doesn't happen. Yeah, I think that's just that's that mentality, and and and, and that's just what he's gonna live with. Because one of the biggest weaknesses of the Grizzlies is perimeter defense on the on the edge. You know, Dylan is good on on ball. But Memphis is probably one of the worst three-point defending teams in the league. So, but how they get out of that is not letting you take the three-pointers by forcing you into a turnover. But when they do let you give a three-point out, those teams really burn Memphis on the three-pointer. And that's their biggest weakness on this team. Not three-point shooting, but three-point defending, in my opinion. Okay. Do you think the team will make a trade at the deadline? Like, nope. for me, which <laughs> Which before the trade deadline stuff is my least favorite part of the NBA. It's frequently <laughs> drive me nuts. I'm like, really? Are y'all serious right now with some of these uh, trades they come up with? Money don't match, things don't match, and they're just trying to get rid of everybody. It just seems like <laughs> over the last four years, have Zach Kleiman ever made a big trade at the deadline? Not really. And do you think Zach Kleiman going to sacrifice his future when he think this is a team that can get him there? I, I have no idea because, like, people making up stuff, but they just really don't know what Zach Kleiman is going to do. Exactly. Because, like, exactly. even even one of the articles I read, they was like, well, Memphis really don't, you know, let anybody – if they do something, it's just like nobody's going to know about it. Exactly. And then Because, exactly. like, people get information from other executives. Really? I'm just like, I don't yeah. know. They get and, and, from other executives and, and other uh, those agents. The agents, the agents talk to them too. And that's one thing about Memphis agents; they will talk to some people, but Zach ain't talking to the agents until he has to talk to the agent. Right. So I, so you just don't, you just think they're going to stay where they at? Yeah, I, I really do because when Memphis acquired Danny Green, they acquired him for his his outside shooting for the playoff because they felt the only thing that was missing from this team was consistent outside shooting. You know, Desmond Bain has consistently been good. 
and Danny Green has a history of being good. Now, the two, the, 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 I thought the two rookies, I thought Jack Jake LaRivia will be better than he is. And I don't think he played uh, David Roddy enough, in my opinion. I think he plays Santi more than he plays Xavier. I mean, uh, Xavier more than uh, he plays uh, Roddy. And I think Roddy is actually better than Zaire this, this year. I don't know why it is, but they still trying to run Zaire out there. You know, Santi has been consistent. You know, right. he's, he's another uh, Brandon Clark. He's going to get you t- 8 to 10, and he's going to play defense. But between Roddy and Zaire, those are two I think he's mismatching because they really want Zaire to do really, really well because of where they draft him at. Mm-hmm. But I think David Roddy is so much better to him right now, you know, on the game to game. And now Zaire may be better in the playoff, but I think Zaire, I mean, David Roddy is better right now. I think he surpassed Zaire, in my opinion. And and then to me, it's like um, Jake LaRavia, it's oh. like before he got sick. Yeah. I mean, he was just shooting the lights out the ball. I mean, yeah. I just don't know what happened. Then after that, it just seemed like he lost his confidence. Yeah, but he go down to the Memphis Hustle and pop out thirty four like it's like it's nothing. And it's, then he, then when he come, he come back, here, he's scared. He's scared. He's scared. He's scared. I'm just scared like, to let it go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he has been my biggest disappointment. You know, I'm not saying he's a bust, right? But I expected more out of him. I expected him to be. The, the 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 stretch three four for them you know the three pointer and all that just come in just hit three like Steve Kerr used to do. Okay, we see the importance of having Stephen Stephen Adams since he's oh. out for an extended period of time. Is he a long a, a long term future for the Grizzlies? Because some people think like, well, we need to get you know Stephen Adams not the part of the long term future. But has the team said that, or is it just us? Has the Man. team said he's not part of their long-term future? Uh, the team I, ain't said nothing. You right. Know. <laughs> they extended him. They extended him. So is okay. it just like fans and media people, you know, just saying it? What what what, what goes? I, I got this. When Stephen first came here, everyone said, oh, that's a bad trade, a trade mm-hmm. throwing us down to New Orleans. Now that Stephen here, and the little thing that Stephen does, Stephen is not only team security, <laughs> He streams his butt off for Jaw to take all those body blows off of Jaw. Mm-hmm. He's a rebounding machine, and he's the ultimate garbage man. He gets all the garbage points. He can't shoot free throws, but he can. He 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 gonna get you some, some garbage points. And cause you know Stephen Adams is not an offensive guy, so if you get ten to twelve points out of Stephen, that's a bonus. You get ten to twelve to fifteen to twenty rebounds out of him. That's what you. That's what you expect from Stephen. And he he is the hard. You know. He takes so much pressure off of two players in particular, Jaron, because he keeps Jaron out of the paint, so Jaron will get fouls, and he protects and hope to open them for Ja. So his presence alone is worth the cost cost that he's getting. Right, and is Jaron was on the Chris Vernon show, and he was you know just like saying how much he missed Steve-O or whatever. And then he's like, you know, he missed him and things like that. And then he said he told him that he owed him and all that. And it's just like, I just think that he's a he's a plan. He's a player that's going to be there maybe long term. He just got an extension. And yeah. I think that they just going to keep him regardless of what people want or whatever. It's just like he's in this team future. And and he doesn't cost you a lot of money. You know, he don't cost you a $30 million or $20 million. You know, for what he gets, I think he's happy 
for what he gets because he knows he's a middle-of-the-road type player. But his presence alone makes his team so much better. That's how come, you know, I don't – I don't get upset with the when the team loses as much as they do because I think what they're trying to do they're trying to get ready and to be as healthy as they can for playoffs because if this team is completely healthy in the playoff, who really scares you in the in the, in the NBA with this team because there's really no runaway team this year who scares you, right? You know because they've proven they can play with any team in the league, they've proven they can beat any team in the league, and that's just in the regular seasons because like. If they hadn't had a back-to-back game, I think they would play the, the game last night a little bit different. But I think they didn't want to do like like they did last week, blow everything they had in the Phoenix game and wind up losing the Sacramento game because they had a back-to-back. Okay, uh, let's preview uh, tonight's game on TNT against Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. is listed as doubtful due to the right thigh soreness. Yeah, um, he was visibly limping last night. Um, hopefully, hopefully, it's not a long-term issue. So this game is a back-to-back. Uh, Cleveland has two of the best bees in the league. Ugh, <laughs> it's gonna be a tough one if uh, Jaron doesn't play. You know he he's he's doubtful, but I'm I'm thinking he's not going to play. But what you what what you need to do is you know we forget about then the main you know just came back, so he right. wasn't he wasn't what he was what he before he went out. If he go out and hit five five to six threes tomorrow night and stretch everybody out. I mean, tonight against Cleveland, that would really help the Memphis. And I think Jaws, I think Jaws might go for 40 tonight because he hadn't gone for 40 for a while. So I think tonight might be Jaws night. But well, what about, was- what about the rebounding numbers? Um, would Tillman and Clark be able to handle um, Mobley and, oh, I can't, oh, I know that guy's name. Oh my goodness. <laughs> With the Afro. I can't think of his name. Oh my God. Uh, what's the man's name? With Cleveland, <laughs> Evan Mobley, and um, I know you talk about us. <laughs> you got me. Damn, I can't oh, think he, of his name. Cause he always hurt. That's why you can't remember his name. He's he not always, hurt. He's he he's been there. Start oh with God. a W. Start with a W. It's not a man. I look, but anyways, I love that dude Afro. Um, but yeah, I just think it's gonna be tough, you know, with the rebounding numbers and everything. But uh, Xavier Tillman been doing a good job, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I just think that it may not be a winnable game, and Donovan Mitchell is back. But you know what? You know that Memphis play. If I'm not mistaken, when they play here, you know Jaron played, and Memphis pretty much controlled that, controlled that game. You talking about Jared Allen? Yeah, Jared Allen. Okay, okay, yeah. I couldn't yeah. think of that man lame for nothing. <laughs> I know. Yeah, because uh, yeah, he, his throw looks nice. I saw, you know, last year when he came, when they was at the All-Star game, he had it all puffed out and all that. But I think if Memphis, if Memphis plays their best game and Cleveland play their best game, even with Jaron Jackson not playing, and that's not saying he might not, he's out, but I think they can beat him without Steven and Jaron out there. Cause I think Brandon will get his 10, and I think they will be more efficient offensively with Dylan and Dez and because Danny Green will not play tonight. So yes. I think I, I think it'd be better because Roddy Roddy will get you some points inside. So I think Memphis just would just outscore Cleveland. So you think so? But I I don't know. I don't, I don't I know. know. This this is gonna be a tough one. It's the second night of a back to back and they playing Cleveland at home. 
Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell. I don't know. I just mm -hmm. but you know they they actually got something to prove too. They also got something to prove because this team is not good on the road. There are two games under five hundred on the road, and they have got to get this road thing figured out because even in second place in the in the in the in the east, in the west you know eventually if you don't get the first place you won't have to have a, a road series against somebody so even though they got the second seed and they have the first two rounds at home mm -hmm. you know you want to you want to prove to people that you can win on the road even though regular season is a whole lot different than postseason because you know they're going on the road today with no rest in the postseason you're gonna go on the road with like maybe one or two days rest sometimes three days rest so they need to win on the road because they need to improve their stock. Okay. Speaking of Jigger and Jackson Jr., what are your thoughts on that crazy Reddit conspiracy? And then you think it messes with his chances of becoming a defensive player of the year? Um, you know, haters going to hate. And I actually think it's going to improve his chances because once they went through and looked at the numbers, you know, they figured out the numbers were – you know, you know, you're not gonna get every number right because you know, if you sure you're gonna have some home cooking because like when you go on the road, you're gonna have some bad, some bad books on the road. So I think they balance out. So the ones you get favorable at home, you're gonna lose a couple of those on the road. So I think they balance out. And he has been a defensive machine because he's right now he's not eligible to be in the defensive rankings yet. He's hovering around that. So I think in about three games he will be finally eligible to be uh, because he missed those sixteen games. Mm -hmm. He'd be eligible to be considered as part of the, the best statistical leaders in the league. Uh, I think he like a some percentage points off for being off for the seventy games. Mm -hmm. It's less than it's less than one game. So hopefully, I think before the All Star break he should be in those listings, and hopefully his name will be called tonight when they uh, list the reserves. Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Yeah, um, I was thinking that I wanted him to be an all-star reserve for the simple fact is Draymond Green numbers been like he might have like a few more rebounds than him or whatever, but he has been like on all-star teams based on his defense alone. Right, exactly. And, and then I don't know if coaches are looking at this or – Whatever I, we know, John's gonna make it. Okay, so here's here with me. I have a conspiracy. <laughs> I'm usually not the one with conspiracy. Do you think that it was crazy that John Moran didn't get as near as much many votes as he received last season? And plus, he's like in jersey sales. He's like number nine. Mm -hmm. and people are buying Grizz's merchandise or whatever. Do you think people actually did not vote for John Moran to be a starter in the All-Star game? I just don't get that. I just – I question the numbers. I do – I question the num numbers as well because I, I expect Steph to be what he's doing. Right. And, and Luca, you know, Luca is, is – Luca is a forward. Yeah, now he's a he actually is a point guard. I know he's a point guard, but that man a forward. He's but. a big he's, he's a big point guard, but he's a he's a point guard because yeah, he, I, I I think Ja. I don't know whether they what they doing or not. This they just Ja don't make the All Star team. I have no doubt about right, it. right, no right. Problem. But now I, he if he I, don't make the All Star team, that'll be just like just the the uh, uh that would just be just so yeah. messed up. Yeah, it, it, if John don't make the All Star game, woo! 
man, it's going to be some talk show guys going crazy because Ja will make it. And back to Draymond Green, the reason Draymond made it because it's all about the rings, because they, they wanted to reward those three guys for getting all those rings. And they get he was getting that because of past, you know, not the current, because of, of the rings they got. You know, him. But usually, but mostly the coaches chose him. That's why they rewarded him for being a, a championship caliber. And that's one thing I want, why I wanted Memphis to be the number one team coming out of the West for the All-Star game. Not mm-hmm. only Taylor would be the coach, but – two, maybe three guys would have been on there because if you're the number one team in your conference, you're not just going to have one player on the all-star team. Right. But if so, you're the number two team, you know, they they can slight you with one person, you know. Right. And so that's why, that's my conspiracy. If you if you at the top, you would have Jaron and maybe Dez in the game. Yeah, but Dez, I think Dez, if Dez hadn't, you know, had, had not have missed those extended games, right. he most definitely would have been an all-star. Exactly, exactly. Because he plays like in in another thing too, in you know, almost almost the favorite hated grizzly. You know who I'm gonna talk about? Dylan. Dylan. I don't know why people hate Dylan Brooks so much. Dylan, you know, he don't take bad shots. Now early in the season, he was taking some bad shots, but you know, he's not scoring the 20, 30 points. But it's kind of hard to score all those points when you being defensive guy also. You know, people, I, I don't know what the hate is for Dylan. Do you know? Can you help me out with that? Well, sometimes I just feel like his shot be ill-advised at times. Mm-hmm. And then, like, when other people – but here's the thing for me. I'm thinking when when John Morant is off the court, yeah. and if you have Jaron Jackson Jr. Mm-hmm. and Desmond on the court, Dylan Brooks should be your third option. Yeah. That's yeah, just playing. That's just plain and simple. And I think that sometimes when Dylan, you know, selling for threes, I think he just when he they're not falling, I think uh-huh. he just need to go inside because his mid-range is good. Yeah, I think he needs to break. I think he needs to just go, you know, in a little bit. You know, stop shooting them threes sometimes. But it's just the team scheme where they just shoot a lot of three-point shots. And it just, it just right. seemed like they don't value the two-pointer at times. Take the best shot. That's what I think they should do. But, again, I am not the coach. I am not yeah. on the coaching staff. I don't have that NBA pedigree. I'm just – it's just my opinion. But you know what? You know, I, I, me and you on the same page, you know, I, no, you know, you remember Joe Johnson, the mid-range king? Mm-hmm. You know, he used, to, he used to live in the mid-range, and he had a, a – 17-year career in the NBA because of the mid-range. You know, a two-point, you know, I know the analytics says it's better to shoot a three. Is it better? You, if you don't shoot a three, shoot a layup. But two points is two points, especially when you're on a, you know, you're on a, on a scoring slump. If you score on that two points and getting 20, 25 points a game, I would take that all day long over all those three. That's just me. And look how, look how, like, Jaron Jackson Jr. is, like, really not selling for the three this year. Look right. how he's doing with the two-point shots. Exactly. Why, <laughs> why can't they just use that? I just don't I just don't understand. I mean, it's just weird to me. I, I just don't understand. Yeah, it's all about analytics. I, I, and what makes it better about it, I am a number guy, but I'm not a, a numbers nerd when it comes to basketball and football. You know, sometimes you got to go with what it's going to take to win. And sometimes – 
that mid-range will make you win better, even though it's a lower percentage shot than going for that three-pointer. Right. But, hey, points on the board is points on the board. Exactly. That's my thoughts. Yeah. But okay, people, so- they hate him. They just hate him. And, but, but you know, you got to take Dylan for what he does. You know, Dylan's going to win you 15, 20 games, but he he's going to lose you three or four. So, what, you really have 15 wins or three losses. I, I take the 15 every time. Yeah, you take the – and then it's just like he – you know, he used so much energy, you know, yes. running and trying to guard the best player on the floor. And then sometimes maybe his shot don't come. But exactly. my thing, I just don't like it when they're past up the better shooter scores right. to get him three-point shots. I don't like that. Yeah, and then sometimes, sometimes it's just like, you know, it's, it's what the defense gives them. But sometimes those other people be wide open. And it's just, ugh, it's just so cringy at times. No, Dylan, no. Yeah, and my my over the last five games, I noticed it's not the starters; it's those those second range of three point shooters that's been off. Ty's been inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake has been inconsistent. Uh, Zaire has been off the chain inconsistent, and David Roddy has been inconsistent. Even Santi has been inconsistent. So if those five guys would get more consistent on outside shots, all these all these close games they've been having would flip into like 10, 20 point wins. Right. And then the free throw shooting. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm afraid to ask about that question. He might, he might, he might hang me. <laughs> I, I mean, you shouldn't be afraid. That's just like that's and then it's just like you can just see that some of those games that they lost, close yeah. games that they lost, if they had a made yeah, the three, four, three, 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 three four, five free throws. In LA. Yeah, it's it's crazy. But and it's just like one or two points. And then it's okay, and like Jenkins, um, we you know we've been on him about using those challenges, and yep. I'm glad the last two games he used them fairly early. But I like that game last night. I'm like, man, you should have waited to use that challenge. I got a question for you on the challenge thing. I've been thinking about this. Do you think the NBA should move to one challenge per half? Yes, I I, I always say that it should mm-hmm. be one challenge per uh um per half. Okay. Or if you win your challenge, you keep that move. Right. I, like, I'd rather have, I would just have, rather have two, one per half because something in the first half can affect you the rest of the game. Just like if a player get a foul in the first half mm-hmm. that gets hurt when, and it wasn't his foul, it, it affects the game for all. You know, I just I think they should change that rule, you know, because those challenges don't take that long. And they ain't like the NFL. They take three and five minutes. You know, just go and do that and go from there. Right, yeah, I, I, that, that's what I always said. I think it should be a challenge for half. Or if you win your challenge, you should be able to keep it. Yeah, exactly. Because it's just like as we see the raft get stuff wrong all a the lot. time, a lot. <laughs> and then like that apologize to Le- LeBron. I'm like, what are we doing here? I don't know if they were being sarcastic or what. I don't think. Like, what are we doing here? Man, they doing it. You know what they were doing. They were doing it because once they did it, they were going to get clicks. It's all about the clicks. I mean, I'm just like, what are we doing here? And then it's just like, he just, I mean, I know that game probably was important, but God, LeBron, babe, why why you got to just have a temper tantrum over there? It was, I mean, it happens to, I mean, it happens almost every game where there's like crazy calls. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now, um, this last part, you know, it's going to be hard and difficult. Um, let me just talk about the Tyreek Nichols 
situation that's going on in Memphis um right now. Um it's just pretty sad. Did you watch the video? Nope. You didn't. You didn't nope. want to. Nope. I know what happened. You know what happened. I, yeah. I watched it. Yeah. I wanted to watch it. My husband watched it. Um my husband is a retired MPD officer mm-hmm. and it just affected him differently. And I talked to some other law enforcement. It's just sad, man. Yeah. When when I got a lot of friends as policemen, and you know, cause and they were I've been talking to them before the video was released, mm-hmm. and they said it was bad, and they had right. so if they if they say it was gonna be bad, you know, ultimately I know what happened, you know, and I know some of these people gonna be in the, at the wrong place at the wrong time, and they call them for their heads, but you know when you call for people head now the ones who had a direct impact on that guy. Mm-hmm. I, they deserve what they get, but you know, now they're going, they going after the firemen, they're going after everybody else. They trying to go after everybody. If you was at that scene, at that scene, you might be in trouble. Right. Because it's just like, you're in the wrong uh, place at the wrong time. And what my husband told me, he said that the narrative that they came up with, he was like, well, they told people were like, well, he was fighting them and all that, which we saw in the thing that that was a lie. Right. And he told these people this or whatever, these people who came in, you know, really didn't know what was going on. They took their word forward. You know, it's just like right. they build their narrative. But right. had not been for the Sky Cop camera, do you yeah. think we just like, man? Well, if the fact that he had not died, you wouldn't get gotten to this, right? Because and if he it, had went to the hospital and survived, then you wouldn't even have this situation, right? But I mean, but the camera saw everything. I mean, right. the Sky Cop camera, and then right. it's just like there's more video. I think. I think there's like a neighbor video of the ring doorbell. I just, I, it's just a sad situation. And then it's just like, I just don't, it's just bad for the city. I mean, right. it, it's, it's just bad. And then, um, you know, as we're recording today, you know, um, a police officer was shot um, and then a suspect was shot and killed. And right. it's just, it's just a sad situation. And I just, man, it's just crazy for our city right now. Yeah, it is. But I'm just so glad that, you know, the city didn't do what they wanted to do, you know, because, you know, I want to I wasn't worried about the city itself. I was worried about people come from out of town being opportunists, you know, to come out and do, you know, rob, you know, and get and go away because, you know, it's, it's so much crime that's going on in the city now, you know, that and it's so it's just so much going on. It's just everybody just needs to take a chill pill. Right. And then it's just like I'm just. Um, but it's just like the players, you know, they said that, you know, it affected them. They've been talking about it. And I was thinking, you know, cause like when, you know, I listened to job comments when he said, you know, he drives home, he's a father. And then I know people would think, well, that couldn't, you know, happen to him, but it has happened to NBA players before yeah, where they were stopped in, um, Sterling Brown, mm-hmm. uh, Thabocephalosia. I mean, they, you know, got uh, settlements from, you know, the city of Milwaukee, the city of New York. Right. I mean, it don't matter who you are. It can happen to you. That's true. It can happen. It can happen to anybody at any time. You know, you know, and you could be doing the right thing and just be at the wrong place, facing the wrong officer, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And then, like, you know, some people try to say that you know our officers are bad i know that's not true no, because not. my hu- my husband was one 
and you know I have friends and people who I talk to who I work with who are in law enforcement and they are not like this but you know it's just like the bad apples and then it's just like when stuff like this happens it comes on all of them right and I just think that's that's very unfortunate right it's very unfortunate and then for me it's just like I'm a mother of a 32 year old and a 30 year old sons who drive a, a 25 year old daughter I'm like man this yeah. could be us and this happened like not too far from my house I'm just like wow right. and then it's right. just like when you have like cops like that you put other cops and their families in these situations where people are not going to like them people are going to come at them people are going to come at their kids and they just don't think you know right. it's just like I mean why why you just don't think and then sometimes you look at it do these people should they have been cops in the first place exactly and then you know. it's just like you can tell that man you can tell that they did this before Mm-hmm. Just like man, it's just like I'm just so interested when it's all said and done. What what else is going to come out? Yeah, it's some really, really, really good cops out here, both in the Shelby County and the Memphis MPD. But you know, there's always some bad apples in there, and it don't matter if you're black, white, Hispanic, Asian. If you're a bad person, you're a bad person. Exactly, and then it's just like when you put that uniform on. It just it just go up another level, right? Some people just need, don't need to be in authority positions, exactly, because you're just a bad person, regardless. So true, so true. Well, on that note, I appreciate you coming on with me. I know it got heavy at the end, but it's just like you know, we just need to do better. Yes, I yeah, appreciate it. Course. I um talk, you know, well, we gonna be watching them grizzlies tonight. So you 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 think they're gonna win, but I don't I don't know about that one. Yeah, I I think I really think that they're really just trying to get to the All Star break, get that nine, nine games the nine days off, and then come back in the thirty five games left to play, and then go from there. Well, thank I, thank you for being on on with me. Believe in Grizzlies. I'll holler. I'll talk to you later. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube